All right. Uh, welcome again to the All In podcast, where we talk about what it means to be all in in all areas of your life. We're at the All In headquarters right here in Nashville, Franklin, Tennessee, just outside of Nashville. We got Dan Rogers, a very special guest today. Dan is a business finance educator, um, extraordinaire, solves a lot of problems for businesses that we're going to talk about today. Um, Dan works for First Bank uh, of the Lake, all right? Uh, actually, here in town, uh, we're going to learn a little bit about uh, his business and what he does and how he can help you guys. So, if you're a business owner out there, uh, own your own business, and you're looking for funding or problem solving, Dan is a huge connector, and so Dan, thanks for coming. Hey, I appreciate the the chance to be here, and uh, the extraordinaire, that's your word, not mine. We'll just stay with the, the business finance educator, but I'm happy to be here. Well, so Dan, um, small world, we just found out, right, that yes, um, my wife, world. who is from Alameda, California, 2,000 miles away, but went to Vanderbilt, but you actually just figured out a few minutes ago that you went to high school, or you dated one of her high school yeah, so mates. we played the the game of six degrees of separ- uh, separation, and we won. Um, so your wife graduated with a girl I dated twenty <laughs> something years ago. Um, and you know, Robin, if you're out there, hello. Uh, we both we both think nicely of <laughs> Hi, you, Robin. Yeah. So it's it's Tennessee is one of those places where it's a small world. It is a small state in terms of population compared to California, and. Uh, I think that one of the things I love doing is finding out, is there any kind of connections? And we found it in 30 seconds. So it was kind of fun. Yeah. Always fun. It is true. Nashville is kind of like that. It's yeah. transient. You've got a lot of people kind of coming and going, but let's jump right in. Sure. I mean, you know, we met um, at Jim Morris's event, uh, uh, Impact Social. Yeah. And a lot of good people there, a lot of entrepreneurs. And I'm assuming that's what drew you there. So I'm a big fan of Jim's. Uh, so shout out to Jim Morris and Impact Social. Uh, but he's a, he's a great guy. And yes, his his events attract the kind of people that I want to be around. And and I'm not saying from my you know, purely they're going to be my client type of thing. I'm not mm-hmm. prospecting for clients there. Um, but there are just really, really good people there. Hence you. <laughs> and that's how we met. Yeah. And so like when when you're there, like tell us kind of like a little bit about what you do. I mean, I know it's you solve a lot of problems. Um, you know, there's people out there that that they've got issues with their business. And yeah. what are you seeing that's kind of right now, especially in this market, uh, how maybe things have changed a little bit from last year to this year? Um, and then what what challenges they're seeing and what you're what you're helping them with? Yeah. So the the biggest challenge that I'm seeing right now is it has nothing to do with interest rates or the market or inflation. Um, the, the the challenge that I feel like I solve, or at least, at least I educate people on, is business owners typically believe in this myth. And this myth is that they should be able to open up a business and people will just come buy from them right away, which mm-hmm. is not a true. And the second myth is once they get this business rolling, that they have a bank, that they have a business bank, and they should just be able to go to their own bank and say, I need a loan. And the bank says, oh, let's get right on it. And we're going to go ahead and give you that loan. And that's that's the second myth that business owners uh, believe to be true, and I know it not to be true. And so there's a lot of business owners who are not ever going to get the capital they need from their own bank. And so what do they do? So what they do is they talk to somebody like me, mm-hmm. and they just learn their available options. Um, all loans are capital, but all not all capital is a loan. There's all kinds of financial instruments and vehicles out there that people who've been in business for 20, 25 years have no idea about. 
And it's going to be the thing that takes it from, you know, a million for revenue to $3 million in revenue, or it's going to help them get off the ground once they get that first contract. Um, but if they don't know, if they don't get educated, then they're stuck. So what's, what's an example maybe you can think of lately for, uh, for our group that uh, maybe how you've kind of come to the rescue yeah. for someone? What, what's, what's an example you could share with, us, with our audience? So the, the mo- one of the most recent ones is a gentleman who, who came to me just you know, through a referral, um, and he'd been to 13 different banks, including his friend's bank, his bank, a big bank, small bank. Like He went to all the banks, and he was looking for a $100,000 loan. And it, you know, can you give me a $100,000 loan? No, you, 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 you know, we don't do $100,000 loans. Too small. Uh, then his credit score was too low. Then his cash flow wasn't right. Then the loan was for an IRS tax bill. And he just came to me. He's like, I have no options. I need to pay this IRS tax bill, but I don't have the money, and they won't work out a payment plan with me. And I just looked at everything that he has. I was like, well, um, you have this really large payment on your P&L, but it, lo- it looks like it's for a building, but you're right. He's like, oh, that's a building I own in Southern California. I have a partner and my accountant just pays the bill. And I said, well, your payment looks really, really high for your the debt on it. And he's like, well, it should be. Turns out his, his interest rate adjusted from like 4.5% up to 7.5% on a $4 million loan. Did some quick math. I said, I can't give you a hundred thousand dollar loan, but what I can do is I can refinance your building, give you a market rate. This is uh, this is a while ago when the market rate was still good. I can give you a market rate. I can save you ten thousand dollars a month, and I can give you two hundred fifty thousand dollars cash, and have the payment stay the same. And this is a guy who had several businesses, was a good business operator, and never thought about using one business for the other purpose. Yeah. And he just sat back in his chair and he's like, I went to thirteen banks. And nobody told me that. Nobody said that was an option. I was like, well, that's why you're 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 not you're not gonna have to look after right. me because now this is the solution that's that's possible. We just have to figure out what's available. So that's a great story. And it, it comes down to business owners ask for the wrong thing. And I'm sorry, business owners, I love you. You're all technical experts out there, but you're asking for the wrong amount of capital, uh, the wrong timing from the the wrong capital source, and it's not your fault. But just understand that you might be looking for the wrong thing when it comes to your business. So that's a, that's that's a good a good story that I love to tell. What's an example of like maybe um, you know the approach that you know a business owner is taking with you, but that you, you know you realize very quickly that okay, let's 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 maybe talk about uh, a different way that you're looking yeah. at this. So the first thing that I do is I ignore what they ask for. Mm. Maybe not ignore is a little bit strong. I just, whatever they say, I just put it on the, the shelf and I say, I appreciate you, whatever you're saying, it's a hundred, it's a million, it's 10 million. Let, let's just table that right now. Let's just take a look at what you are bringing to the table. And I, my metaphor is a business owner brings in an amount of clay and I'm the potter and the options are the potting wheel. And sometimes I can make like a little teacup because mm-hmm. they don't bring that much low credit, low experience, low revenues, just not a lot going for them. And then sometimes I can make a gigantic Ming vase, a six-foot-tall Ming vase, because they have great credit, all Mm. kinds of options, all kinds of collateral. So what I do is I'm just going to tell you what your options are from all the the 15 different sources of capital. And once we figure out what the options are, maybe it's only one, maybe it's two, maybe it's six. Mm. We'll go through the pros and cons of each one, and we'll look at the timeline inside your business. Do you need a million dollars now? Or do you need a million dollars over the next two years? And if we can stagger things, go to different capital sources, that's a different approach. That's an approach I created as a loan broker a long time ago. I just realized that 
if I only tried getting them what they wanted, I was missing out. Yeah. You, you don't need a hundred thousand loan. You need a $4 million loan. That's a perfect example of sometimes I just don't know what to ask for. And it's, right. again, it's not their fault. It's just the way it is. So figure out what your available options are outside of banks, outside of traditional banks. Out, just look at all the things from there. Go to your CPA, go to your rabbi, go to your priest, go to your friend. Then you can actually weigh in and say, you know what? This decision makes the most sense. And right. I just help people make the, the decision that makes the most sense. Well, it sounds like even with the uh, the first guy, you know, the story um, with the $100,000 loan, you know, it sounds like he was kind of coming at it with one angle. Yeah. And then you're saying, hey, um, you know, let's maybe leverage this over here. And that's honestly, that's a lot of what I've done in my career really? is just sort of try to figure out a way um, you know, however that way is to get to where they're wanting to go. And a lot of times there's, you know, people think they're going to go to A, a to A to C with skipping B or something, you yeah, know, and yeah. it's like, you've got to, let's, let's look at this a little bit different way. So um, what's a good ideal fit for you? What's a client, a typical client? All right. So this is the, the, the age old question in sales, like what's your ideal likely prospect, um, your avatar, all these things. And it's, it's all over the board. Well, it is all over the board, but it's it's they have to face one unique challenge. Mm. And it doesn't matter if they're one year in business, $500,000 a year earners, or they're 20 years in business and $100 million earners. In order for me to have a worthwhile, meaningful conversation with somebody, they have to have had to have done one thing, which is go to their bank and say, I want a loan. And that bank has to say no. And we need to know what that reason is. Wrong geography. There's about nine reasons why banks typically say no. Wrong geography, wrong industry, wrong loan size, wrong time in business, wrong credit score, all these things. And so my ideal client, my ideal likely prospect, the avatar, if you will, is twofold. One, it's the business owner who will grow their company or cut their expenses with some sort of new capital. And they've gone through the process of going to a local bank or their bank, and they they were like, wow, I didn't know that they were going to say no that fast. That was crazy. So that's one type of ideal person where they've already, they're lost. They went to a couple banks and they don't know where to go. The second one is somebody who's stuck. Stuck is they know that they need to grow their business. They know that they need a bunch of capital, but they haven't done anything. They don't know where to go. They don't know if they should go to their mm-hmm. bank or they should go to Cabbage or if they should go to the SBA. So people are lost or stuck. Those are great fits for me as it relates to being a business owner. But what I really want to talk to or who I want to talk to are the business consultant type people, whether they're a banker, whether they're a CPA, whether they're a realtor, who are having business-related conversations and you're seeing somebody who is a business owner and they say, hey, do you know anybody who can get me a loan? I went to my bank and they're saying no. And so I work very, very uh, well and tightly and closely with my circles of influence. People who who are being trusted by business owners are are also the people I want to talk to. So those are my two ideal people. Um, Somebody's got great credit and they can just go in their own bank and get a loan and they want the lowest rate in the world they don't have a challenge that I can solve. Like I, I got to have something that is actually facing them that it's an obstacle. So how do, how do SBA loans, uh, you know, just dumb it down for, for us. Uh, how do SBA loans play into um, your, your world? So is it somebody that's coming in and maybe they've been denied an SBA loan? Um, this is a big question. And so this is a question I get probably one time a week, like, what is it? What is an SBA loan? So the SBA is a governing body. It's an agency within the federal government who is there dedicating themselves to helping small business owners grow and advance the economy. So there's uh, 2,500, 2,600. There's, there's a couple, couple thousand 
a permissible authorized SBA lender. So mm-hmm. each bank, a bank may be an SBA lender. There can be non-bank SBA lenders. They can, there's actually a fintech SBA lender. So we all have our own different programs. The SBA is built to allow somebody to have a chance in, in business. And a typical bank structure is going to be um, large down payment, tremendously high FICO score, good time in business, and historically profitable business um, on tax returns, like you're not taking all the write-offs in the world. And so for all of the people that miss one of those four key components of a conventional bank loan, the SBA will do transactions um, with no equity out of or no cash injection at times. If, you, if you're doing an expansion, you can actually use the equity in the prior building or the prior business to actually expand your operation. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get a loan down to 600 FICO uh, with, with some SBA lenders for a commercial real estate. Like that's not a bankable deal. Um, if, you're, if you've been terrible in business, COVID really smacked you around, but you're going to buy a business, you're going to pivot, you have a, you brought on a partner, and you're going to project that you're going to go from a million to $4 million over the next two years, and this is the path to how you're going to do it, and you just need a couple new trucks or a new building or a bunch of staff to get you there, like, that's not a bank loan. Um, and, and why is that? Why is that not a bank loan? So banks, the, the joke in the industry is banks don't make loans to, pe- to people who need money. And then the, the, the counterpoint is, well, if I had the money, why would I need a loan? That's the joke. So the, uh, the SBA realizes that there's a middle ground, there's a gap in between a traditional bank loan with all of these caveats and restrictions where they say, you know what, our economy is built on 85% small business owners who have less than 20 employees. This is the statistic that like, these are the people that drive our economy, like the people who uh, make our pizza, the people who cut our hair, the people who cut our lawn. Every city has hundreds of those people, and if they're not able to get the capital to buy the equipment, uh, to payroll, make payroll, to buy the building, um, to buy their next business, then our, really our economy falters um, and struggles. And where I see myself is, I see an SBA as a tool um, that's, that, that is going to be the thing that helps the economy. Like, I feel like I can help the economy, like one business at a time, and the SBA is just a, it's a powerful engine to get people capital. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, but some of these people, they come to you and uh, it's almost like it makes me think of, um, I mean, kind of in the lending world in terms of residential, you've got, you know, a paper and all day. And so is that, is it kind of similar in a sense of what you're doing? You're kind of in, in one of those fields. It's outside of the normal guides that people are in. So you've got to figure out something. It's not like it's subprime. Like we're, you know, we're dealing with stuff where people are rock gut, but we're, or sometimes it is, sometimes, sometimes you've got is. is because you, yeah. So you've got situations that really sometimes maybe they can't get financing anywhere else, except maybe on the street, hard right. money or something. like Exactly. Crazy. So, and that's, I mentioned earlier, 14 or 15 different types of capital. There are inside traditional loans. There's traditional bank loans is what I identify as a, as a category of capital. That's your Wells Fargo. That's your First Horizons. That's your Chase Bank, like your big bank, and they're going to give you the loan. Then you have your bank SBA lender. So Wells Fargo is an SBA lender. Uh, Chase is an SBA lender, and then there's other you know smaller banks that are SBA lenders. Then you have your non-bank SBA lenders. You know something like a a Harvest Small Business Finance or ReadyCap or Fountainhead Capital. So it's so you have these three little tranches of just SBA. But on the other side of that, there's insurance loans. 
There's private money. Uh, there's family offices. On the other side of it, there's private money real estate. And then there's factoring. And then there's PO finance. And then there's socially funded and grants and crowdsourcing. Um, there's all kinds of different ways to get capital. And inside the space of a business owner, the SBA is merely three of those 15 different options. And so my job, I feel like my job is to say, hey, you could go get a private, uh, you could go get an SBA loan for $100,000 to go buy this truck. Or you have four uh, trucks uh, that you can leverage, or you have four rental properties that are all worth a half a million dollars each and you have no loan on them. How about go get a private money loan? It's a 30-year amortization. It's actually a better payment than a $100,000 five-year term Mm -hmm. from an SBA. So those are the kind of times where I'm looking at the available options and where I know that I'm doing a good job is when the business owner says, wow, I've never heard that before. Whoa, you know what? Nobody's ever asked me that before. You know what? That's a great idea. So that's when I know that I'm I'm, I'm onto something. Uh, but the SB is just one tool, um, one of the tools inside the 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 the, the, the quiver of options, mm-hmm. and it does have limitations. It has some very very big limitations. Yeah, talk about those. What you know? What's a what's a limitation or two that people just don't know about with SBA yeah. loans? And perhaps you guys feel a need for sometimes. It, so the SBA is limited to a certain type of business. So. There's all kinds of businesses that are going to be outside of what the government wants to see happen. Casinos, uh, people who are making pawn loans, um, you know, uh, gentlemen's clubs, um, people who are making investments in Bitcoin. Like they're not going to be eligible for a small business loan. Mm. Uh, somebody who doesn't have a, uh, who's not a citizen, is not going to be eligible for a, a SBA loan unless they have a visa that allows them to be here for longer than the loan term. So there's some restrictions. Um, if you make too much money, you can't get an SBA loan. Um, if your credit score is too low, you can't get an SBA loan. So there's all these little caveats as to like how you it can actually qualify. That's that's where an SBA operator like myself, that's where we get in the weeds. Is this thing eligible on its face? And how do we actually paint the story or design the story so that the risk is low? I mean, traditional banks, they want low or no risk. Where the SBA, that guarantee that the, the government is willing to give to mm-hmm. a bank, that's really what mitigates the risk and takes that, that oh, dang, if this loan goes sideways and we lose a million dollars, well, the government's going to pick up the tab. That's that's really what the SBA is there for. Right, right. I mean, it, it's definitely got its place. Um, you know, I think a, a lot, what we're t- talk about like how, what's your scope like in terms of uh, your geogra- geographical region that you serve? Is it only going to be local people here? Or do you serve other states and other other communities? All right. So this is the question that I ask bankers all the time. And this is what people, if you're if you're a business owner, take notes right here. So you want to ask four questions. Where can you make a loan? Some banks are limited by city, county, state, region of the country. Some lenders can do any single uh, state, but they can have to be in a major metropolitan area, like the, the, the 250 uh, major, the MSA. Um, then there's industry. Do you do gas stations, restaurants, hotels? Uh, you know, you have to make sure the industry. Then you have to make sure that the loan size is the right size. Is it too small, too big? Um, and then, what is the problem? Why you can't get a loan at your own bank? So, if you're a business owner, those are your four questions. For for my company, First Bank of the Lake, we are what's called a uh, a lending bank. We have one branch. We have salespeople like myself all throughout the country. We have made loans in, I think, 42 of 50 states in the last three years. So we're not going to be limited by geography, um, generally speaking. Um, I think that's pretty unique, though. I mean, mean, you're you're, you're, you're a single single branch. Yeah. 
correct? And folks, have you heard that? 42 states yeah. that they're lending in. So when you, I just think of that just harkens back to the old days of common sense lending, Yeah, you know? And so you go into your local bank, hey, I'd like to buy a business over in Arkansas. Oh, we don't lend in Arkansas. Right. Done. So the, the key is um, understand where the bank lends because they're going to be limited. Sometimes it's the, the counties that they have branches in and one county tertiary to that or adjacent to that. Our company, um, First Bank of the Lake, like people think of like Lancelot and Guinevere, the lake and all those things. We're gigantic. Uh, and nobody's heard of us. You know, we'll do over $350 million of SBA lending. And we also do USDA lending. We also make a couple other types of loans. Um, we're top 15 in the United States in SBA mm. lending. We'll be $500 million lender next year. But people don't need to find us unless they unless they can't get a loan with their own bank. I'm going to hammer that you know, piece to, you know, into the ground. But it's, yeah, we're, we're there to solve the problem for a banker who loves their client for a business owner who loves their business. Like, yeah, yeah we fit a, a, an absolute niche. And you guys get into tax strategies. I mean, these people maybe own the building. Um, do you uncover things like that? Like cost segregation. We did a show on that a couple of weeks ago and um, you know, that, that becomes a big, uh, you know, player in the wheel yeah. of success uh, for business owners. I understand what cost segregation is. I understand it's a huge uh, tax gain for the right business owners. I don't ever mention it uh, because I don't know enough about it. Um, and it's it's not something that directly relates, relates to the loan process that I'm right. It relates to cash flow down the road. Down the road. And, and so it's just out of my purview. But it's right. a, it's I know it's an absolute uh, moneymaker for businesses that they do it right. Well, the tax bill, guys, what made me think of it. So it's, you know, that's uh, that's just one of the avenues we try to help people here at, um, at you know, All In. Uh, and we we really talk about what it means to have all your taxes in order, the yeah. strategies where business owners, and, and when I say business owners, I even mean, you know, even people that are operating uh, Airbnbs. Oh yeah, no kidding. So, you know, they've got a million dollar home or whatever. Um, yeah, this has been great. Um, so what are some of the, um, what are some of the challenges now that maybe as we enter into 2023 and obviously 2022 has been different, yeah. right? So, and you mentioned earlier, you know, when, when rates, uh, when the market rate was more favorable, but um, it's all relative, right? It is. So the two biggest things that the business owner should be mindful of, uh, and, and probably more so than mindful, be actively monitoring your current SBA loan. Mm. If you have a variable rate and you got an approval and funded prior to April of this year, you might have a 5% rate, you know, upper fours, middle fives. And if you have a variable rate 7A loan, you could be in the 7.5%, 8.5% range right now, 9% range right now. And if you were barely making it and you used a projections-based loan in order to qualify when you got your loan last year and you're a hotel or a restaurant and your cost of goods have gone up and your, your actual gross revenue has gone down, your loan is going to be a bucket tied to your ankle, filling up with sand and you're in the middle of the ocean. It's going to be what takes you down if you can't manage that thing. So be really mindful of those things. Like people who are getting a loan right now, um, it's going to be an SBA loan might be in the seven and a half to 9% range. It's going to absolutely impact your cash flow. Mm. And so 
but it's just like a tool. It's like the cost of tomatoes. If the cost of tomatoes goes up, you have to charge more for your pizza. If the cost of gas goes up, you have to charge more for your delivery services. If the cost of your capital goes up, <clears throat> you just got to charge a little bit more where you can inside your business. Like keep your prices uh, competitive, but raise your prices. If you're a business owner and you've had the same pricing for the last year, you have to raise your prices. Everybody else is. And if you're not doing it, you're going to be late to the party. So, the, and this is, this is directly tied into the second thing that business owners have to watch out for right now. It's fear. Oh yeah. If you're watching the news and inflation and you're seeing what interest rates are doing, but if you need to buy a truck and that truck is going to make you more money or that staff person, that extra headcount is going to make you more money. That building is going to take you away from that rented space and lock you into a building where you actually get other benefits. The money, it's going to be expensive. You, you just, you just have a, a very, very short-term dating relationship with the interest rate, but you want to buy that piece of equipment. You want to buy that piece of property. You want to buy that, 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 that technology that's going to get you forward because you can always refinance down the road. Rates will come down. But if you if there's a piece of something, if there's if money's going to help you make more money, fear needs to go away. Just look at the numbers. What does the loan? What does the equipment do for your business? If it helps your business, squash the fear and move forward. And so, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, right now, fear is it's the media is just rampant. I mean, they love to hear crash um, and um, you know promote things that are it's a narrative and it's up to us to control the narrative yeah. out there in the business world, Absolutely. I think. And, you know, how, how are people, you know, well, I think what I was going to ask earlier is, you know, you talked about, you know, going down to a hundred thousand dollars, but I, I'm assuming you guys are putting together some pretty big deals. We are, we're, where we are following loan guidelines within the, the parameters of the SBA uh, yeah. rules. What's the um, maximum if somebody wants to come to you? Like, is there a loan size yeah. that, that for your bucket so that is too our big? Our company, we, we operate with the 7A and the 504 uh, loan types. We also have USDA. USDA loans could be $25, 35000000 million, but that's a different government and entity. The SBA has its limitation. An SBA 7A can only go up to $5 million. In fact, a person's exposure can only go up to $5 million. So you could have two or three loans, but only reach a $5 million plateau on the 7A side. On the 504 side, it's more like a conventional loan where the, the secondary piece, the, the, you know, the second lien coming from the SBA, that can be $5 million, $5 million, uh, $500,000 depending. Our personal lending limit is a, a $9 million first lien. And so you could, we could do looking, be looking at a, you know, 15, 18, $22 million total project for commercial real estate. They come in with some cash. The CDC provides a second lien, and then we can get into the, the deal for, uh, for $9 million or less. But there's, there's lending limits. Ask your bank what, your, what the lending limit is. If you have a, if you have a $14 million transaction or a $25 million transaction, you think SBA is a route, just the, the lending limit should be one of the first questions they ask. Yeah. So, as we wrap up here, talk about kind of, I mean, what your passion is in terms of the way it integrates into what you do. Because I know you're, you are passionate about what you do and yeah. helping people. I mean, I just from what I've just gotten to know you. Wow, what a good question. So passion and, and I think in purpose are, are, are not yeah. the same, but they're absolutely holding hands. Um, what I'm passionate about is, um, is being the reason a business owner makes it, mm. stays in business, grows their business, expands their business, sells their business in, in five or 10 years for $20 million. Like I want to be, 
I want them to look back. And maybe this is arrogance or hubris. I don't know. But like, I want to know that when they, when they're, when they exit, when they exit, like, you know what? Remember that lone guy? I don't remember his name, but he was kind of tall, kind of funny. <laughs> and you know what? He, he made this happen. And, and I hope he's like, I want to be the reason why I literally, why our economy grows. Oh, um, and and it is, it's, again, it's one business owner at a time. And I'm just one SBA operator. There's thousands of people like me. We're all kind of at that exact same thing. The, the, the second thing I'm passionate about is, is it's the education piece around oh, yeah. business operations. I come from a sales background. I'm a former sales coach. And then there's times where, where selling more stuff gets them out of their problem. They don't need a loan. They just, just pick up the phone and call people and sell stuff. And then there's times where people think they need a loan and it's perfect. Or they need to sell more stuff. Like, no, you don't yeah. need to sell more stuff. You need to take this bad capital off of your, your balance sheet and replace it with good capital. So that process of just understanding listening, asking really, really good questions. I'm passionate on how to learn to be a better question asker, um, how I can get past my own fears. Like I was scared to even come and do a podcast with you this morning. I was like, oh no, I got to get past it. I can get past it. So it's pretty easy, huh? Yeah. Uh, this has been a great time. I, I, I just thoroughly thank you for the opportunity here, but it's passion and purpose. Yeah. I think it's country first, economy second, like how can I how yeah. can I be a piece of the thing that fixes the conversation yeah. where we're not talking about a bad economy anymore because we have businesses that are yeah. healthy? How do we talk about, forward? How yeah. do we talk about a growing GDP and having you know all of the things that we want to have in a, in the best country in the world? Well, maybe I can have a part in that. And I think that's a that's a cool thing. For me. I mean, gosh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you may be talking a little bit about mindset, right? I mean, it has to be, it has, it has, you yeah. have to have the right mindset. So I have a right? lot of background in, in mindsets, uh, adjustments, some change work. And uh, there are people who talk to me, whether it's about a loan or not about a loan, if we just talk about business and sales and they just, you can see it in their eyes. They just start looking in a different direction. And they say, yeah, I can, or you know what? I yeah. will. So mindset is hundred percent a, a thing. Like, what is your take on mindset? Where do you want to go with that? Yeah, I mean, well, a negative mindset and you know a a, a, um, a limited mindset and scarcity. Yeah. It, it's I think right now more than ever you have to have an abundance mindset. I mean, you know, for me, I like to surround myself with 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 top notch people. I'm a connector. Um, you know, I knew immediately that you know what you had was unique, and I wanted to have you on and talk about, you know, how you can be uh, uh, valuable to those out there. And so it's a lot of times people just need new information. It's yeah, just, 100%. they have bad yes. information. Yeah. If they just had the right information, <laughs> their outlook on things would be better. Or, and the thing is you have to believe it. Yeah. So, and I think it's also important to have someone in your life, whether that's, you know, if a business owner, they need a banker or they need someone yeah. in their life that is, that's a, a sounding board that's a problem solver. It's also a cheerleader, you know, and it's, but they're also going to tell you what you, what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear sometimes. And I think, you know, having mentor mentors is a big thing. Everyone that knows me knows uh, that. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for, for us here, we want to always provide value to you guys out there in the audience. And so I'm going to tell you how to, um, how to reach out to Dan, you know, Dan, like we've illustrated here, demonstrated, he's super bright, super helpful, um, and a problem solver. So, you know, you can reach out to Dan at consultdanrogers at gmail.com, or you can look him up on LinkedIn at danrogerscre, 
or on Google, you can just Google him at Dan Rogers CRE. So thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, go all in. See ya. Thanks.